It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Programme. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, healthcare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to geneseehealthplan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get right through now, it. the COVID-19 vaccine are available to millions of Americans and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people, and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show as we uh, kick off our Monday edition and start off a new week. I'm Tom Sumner. We have a great uh, show in store coming up in the um, third half of our three-hour tour. We're going to talk with Lisa Wilson. She's... she and her business partner run Epitome Risk and help Hollywood TV and film productions uh, travel safely all over the world. Anyway, she has discovered in the process of writing COVID protocols for Hollywood productions a way to check not only to see if you have COVID-19, but to see how well protected against it you are. And we're going to talk about that and more with Lisa Wilson coming up in uh, just a little while. In the middle of our show, the second hour of our three-hour tour, we're going to talk with one of uh, three authors who are considered futurists about a, uh, his name is uh, Tim Andrews, and we're going to talk about uh, their book, A Brief History of a Perfect Future, Inventing the World We Can Proudly Leave Our Kids by 2050. But we start out today's show with, um, this is uh, an interesting new book. Um, from, let me see, I want to make sure I get this, uh, I get this right. I've got too many papers here. Um, 
Oh, of course, uh, New York Times best-selling author and the um, former CEO and president of Planned Parenthood Federation of America. She is um, she co-founded Take the Lead, a nonprofit initiative with a goal to propel women to leadership parity by 2025. And she talks about just that in a new book called Intentioning: Sex power pandemics and how women will take the lead for everyone's good by new york times best-selling author gloria felt who joins me by phone hi gloria welcome to the show thank you tom good to be with you thanks for having me it's got to be one of the longest uh, ramp ups to an interview in history but uh, thanks for your <laughs> thanks for it's your okay. thanks for your patience gloria i appreciate it i'm sure i'll try it some more before uh, before our time is up but um but tell me about uh, about uh the book intentioning that intentioning is kind of a new buzzword what do we really mean when we talk about intentioning thank you for calling intentioning a new buzzword because that's what i want it to be i made it up entirely i uh, i was searching for the right title the right title to express what i wanted to express and I, I couldn't find exactly, I, you know, I went to the dictionary, I went to the thesaurus, I Googled books on, on all the different websites, and I couldn't find exactly what I wanted to say. And what I want to say is, I, I want us to think about an intentioning, in, uh, let, me, let me roll that back just a minute. I want to, in, to express that what I am talking about in this book is doing not thinking about it. Does that make sense? Uh, intention itself is a word that's used a lot right now, and it's a, it's a noun, and it's a great word, but I want to move from sitting as a noun to doing as a verb. Therefore, I created the word intentioning, and I created it in particular because as I have been working with women for the last 10 years to help them understand how much power they actually have already in their hands and often don't know it, uh, I realize that once you know that you have this power, the next question has to be the power to what? And that's your intention. And intention doesn't mean anything unless you're actually doing something about it. So, again, I'm as long-winded as your introduction was, but I hope that explains the word <laughs> intentioning. <laughs> Gloria, we're going to get along just fine. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 like, uh, I like it when I ask a guest and and they actually have something to say. If you'd have just said, "Well, it's doing things on purpose," I'd have been really disappointed in you. <laughs> no, no worries about that. I've I've always got too many words to say. <laughs> well, I want to I want to talk to you just just briefly um, because I want to get back to the book and and uh, what some of the messages are that you want people to get from the book. But I, I wanna I wanna go back and talk about you're the uh, former CEO and president of Planned Parenthood, and uh, now you're um, take the lead co-founder and president and considered to be somewhat of a feminist icon. Um, but let's let's talk about Planned Parenthood because things are things are changing a little bit where Planned Parenthood is concerned. And can you explain? Um, what Planned Parenthood is aside from its reputation for being basically a, a chain of abortion clinics? 
Well, I, Tom, I, what's what's funny is that I have not been at Planned Parenthood, although I had a wonderful 30-year career with Planned Parenthood, ending as the national president, and I, I value that and treasure it, and I believe that with my whole heart that if women are going to ever be equal citizens in this world, they must have two things. One is uh, to be able to own and control their own bodies, and the second is to be able to earn earn their own living so that they can uh, decide for themselves about the rest of their life. But that, that, and that is actually the root of why I started Take the Lead after I left Planned Parenthood. But to answer your question, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be considered a spokesperson for Planned Parenthood, and I, I'm, I'm going to uh, suggest that you invite someone who is currently in the head of Planned Parenthood to come onto your show and, and answer which, your question. Which I would but be the, happy the, to do, but I thought you have some... Uh, you know, unique experience, and and it, sure. it's it's something that um, that I wonder about because I think the country's mood is changing toward uh, reproductive rights. But well, Planned the, Parenthood I, is more than that, and I wanted to give someone familiar with Planned Parenthood an opportunity to say that. Of course, and I and I'm happy to do that. And and I the thing is that what I know, and I'm going to presume that the polling is is not that different as, than it was for all the years that that I did it. Uh, that actually people do know, people do know and and appreciate and understand that Planned Parenthood provides a broad range of reproductive health care services. That the predominant service that is provided is uh, actually uh, women's health care and contraception to help women plan and space their children, not, um, not that, that, that's about 90% of the work. So most of the people actually do know that. Um, and, and, but I think that, um, you know, you, you're in radio, so you know that controversy is what makes news, right? So the yeah. news, the news media tends to pick up on the most controversial aspect of it. But the, the, it, it really is kind of a seamless web, and it, it, it is ultimately about whether women are going to have an equal place in the world. And I always say an equal place at life's table, because that's for me. That's what that's what the work of Planned Parenthood is about, and and that is why I am currently working so hard to make sure that women have equal power, equal pay, and equal leadership positions, because I believe that when we get to that place, that that the, the controversy about women's reproductive rights is going to go away. Yeah, and I, I try to, I, I try to go a little bit further than the headlines, Gloria, when I talk to people. I, I, I don't want to get caught up in the, the, the panicky bumper stickers and Facebook memes and all that. That's why I wanted to ask the question from someone who'd been close to the issue. Um, but let's let's uh, forge ahead, shall we, and talk about um, women taking the lead for uh, everyone's good. There are a couple of points in uh, something I was reading um, connected to your book about... Um, some of the uh, national leaders during the uh, pandemic and how their leadership has forged different outcomes than some of their male counterparts. Well, I presume that you're referring to the fact that countries that have had women leaders have managed COVID more effectively 
overall than countries that have had male leaders. Now, of course, it's still uh, not nearly uh, 50-50 in terms of the numbers of female versus male leaders. So you could you could read many different things into that, but, but here's my theory about it. My theory about it is that, that, you know, women have been for many centuries now working in institutions, including government structures, including corporate structures, including just about every profession you can think of, that were designed by men for men centuries ago in a time when it was the male who was in the in all of the 100% of the leadership positions and could actually create those institutions to fit their needs. I mean, the women were at home doing the work of the family and the children and the farm and, and, and the men didn't have to worry about any of that. So nobody lives that way anymore. Most households now are, uh, if, if there are two partners in a household, they're typically both wage earners. And there are many single-parent households of both genders, although more of them tend to be female. So over time, I believe what has happened is that the very attributes that our society has attributed to the female gender have become not the negatives that they were often seen to be, but rather they have created in women almost superpowers that are exactly the kind of leadership that the world needs the most today. And those characteristics, and I, I want to say really at the outside that I don't believe men are better, I don't believe women are better. I, I think I think our, our behaviors are almost entirely socially learned, uh, culturally learned. We, we, we learn these from the people around us as we're growing up. But... I think you'll acknowledge that women have typically been thought not to be as good at, quote, unquote, things like math and leadership and science and and and, and uh, innovation and creation and, and things like that. And finance. Uh, men, and finance, yes. Oh, boy, that's a big one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. finance and tech. And, and so those very implicit biases have now shaped women's, thinking shaped women's behavior so that when you are not the group in power you have to have more empathy because you have to learn to read the room it's a survival mechanism you have to learn to know not just what people are saying but what are they feeling what are they thinking you have to be able to sort of assess those things and you have to be willing to collaborate with your peers you have to be you have to have many of the attributes that now are considered positive for leadership are the very attributes that have been social that women have been socialized to have through the years so i think that is why i mean i don't think it's hardwired as i said i think gloria, it's socially learned I, gloria yes. i hate to interrupt but i have to take a break here can you stick around for a few minutes because sure. i want to dig down some I sure more can. On this. my yes. guest is uh best-selling author gloria felt talking about her new book, Intentioning. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages, Hello too. out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs>
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with uh, New York Times bestselling author of a new book, Intentioning Sex, Power, Pandemics, and How Women Will Take the Lead for Everyone's Good. And uh, her name is Gloria Felt. She joins me by phone. Gloria, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. Thank you. It was quite interesting, and I particularly thought that the, the conversation about the, the, the COVID vaccine was very relevant to what we had been talking about just before the break. Well, that's right, and and I wanted to pick up um, there because for um, for the better part of a year and a half and, and maybe still to some degree continuing, this, this sense of, of being quarantined and cut off from other people with the promise of returning to what's been described as a new normal. Does that hint at at this being a time to sort of rethink how our relationships work, you know, from everything from um, gender parity to remote work? Absolutely, Tom. We're in a season of disruption. Everybody feels that. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of loss. Uh, There's just a lot of change, massive change. But that's also reflective of the fact that we're in a season of rebirth. And I, I believe that the two have a great deal in common and that in moments of major change, such as we're in right now, moments like like a pandemic or or uh, some other major disruption that could be caused by a technology it could be caused by by natural disasters whatever it might be those are incredible moments full of energy when change can happen when people are forced to think differently we are forced to open our minds to new ideas and that is one of the reasons why i believe this is a moment when we can build back stronger uh, if we put women at the center of the recovery, that we can uh, create and innovate in a way that we have not done before. I think that, uh, you know, you're seeing things in, in, in the country like I, I said, I, I never imagined I would hear the two words child care and infrastructure in the same breath. But now there are bills in Congress to help families with, with child care so that are, are just basically caregiving in general. So that, so that people can both manage their family responsibilities and do their work. Uh, companies now know that the f- kind of flexibility that women have been asking for for many years is imminently possible and can be very profitable, that, uh, that people can, can have some flexibility in where they work from and how they work, and, you know, the times they work. These are things that, that wouldn't even have been thought of if we hadn't had the kind of disruption. So I believe that if we, uh, you know, one of, my, one of my leadership power tools in my previous book, No Excuses, is Carpe the Chaos. This is a moment of, of chaos that we can, we can grab onto and we can use in positive ways. But it doesn't just happen. This change doesn't just happen. It takes leadership to make it happen, and that's why I wrote Intentioning. And the book, Intentioning um, Sex, Power, Pand- uh, Pandemics, and How Women Will Take the Lead for Everyone's Good, is is really a how-to uh, for women to reinvent themselves and 
um, how to start intentioning. And that begs the question, what are men's role in, in all of this? Yes, I love that. I love that question. Uh, whenever I talk to anybody, the the question always comes up. But what about the men? And so I decided to write a chapter called "But What About the Men?" <laughs> and, <laughs> because because it, 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 parity and gender parity will not happen without men and women working together. So that's that is something that it is true. It is it is a fact. It is also true that women have a greater stake in making that shift, and that's why I focus on helping women have the skills, tools, and mindset uh, in order to see themselves in leadership positions and then have the, be able to make a, 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 a plan, a very specific plan to achieve those goals. But without men involved, and, and there, well, the good news is there are more and more men who are very supportive of gender parity for many reasons, not the least of which is very often men with daughters and granddaughters will suddenly realize, wait, I want my... I want my granddaughters and daughters to have equal opportunity. I want them to be able to to achieve whatever they want to achieve, and I want them to aim high. I want them to think big about what they can do because I know they're smart, they're talented, they're capable, and I want them to be able to to do whatever a, a, a male counterpart would be able to do. So we have many more male partners. I know allies is the current word of choice that many people use, but I like to use the word partners. Because I believe that partners is a more equal kind of concept than ally sort of still implies that there's a, a power imbalance. I, um, I, I shout out a number of men in the book who are doing exactly what I just said. For example, uh, Dr. David Smith and his colleagues are doing excellent work uh, writing books and, and working in companies to help men know the, the importance of mentoring women, that because men still hold 80% of the top leadership positions, if men don't mentor women who are talented, then those women are not likely to ascend into leadership roles. So it's, it's super important that men and, women are, men and women are working together. And I'll just say one more thing, which is that I noticed that in the younger generation of men, so many more of them want to be more of an integral part of their children's growing up. And so they're very grateful when the women say, but wait, we need to be able to take care of our families as well as do our work. The men are less likely to be willing to speak up because they have been put into a box too. And the box they've been put into is you have to be strong and tough and you can't take time off. So, so I think that women are helping men. And one of the reasons why I say that the, why I put in the book title for everyone's good is that I think when there is gender parity in leadership, it will be for the good of not just women, but also men, families, and, and the world. You know, it's, it's interesting, Gloria. I've always been around women who were successful and, and strong and accomplished and, and uh, you know, had no problem dealing with the issues of leadership. And, and I remember... Many years ago, before the age of uh, administrative assistants, I remember a friend of mine telling me once that secretaries ran the world. And, <laughs> and I think there was some truth to that, you know, but, but quietly and behind the scenes. And, mm -hmm. and it's um, kind of an interesting notion. 
But that raises the question, do men and women lead differently in a professional setting or, or environment? And is there some change required of men as women step up to take the lead? Well, one, one of the uh, elements that I have in the book Intentioning is the, the framework that's called Lead Like a Woman. And it, it suggests that the characteristics that we talked about earlier are exactly what companies need now. You know, the data is very clear. Excuse <coughs> me. The data is very clear that companies that have more women in their upper leadership are more profitable. And so with a business case like that, there must be something going on. And so I, I, it's, those, it's those culturally learned characteristics of empathy, collaboration, working with a little less ego, and being able, having better listening skills, let's face it, uh, that, that have enabled women to, to thrive. But what women haven't done is women haven't raised their hands and spoken up and said, I want that top job. Women haven't um, sometimes even seen themselves in, in those top jobs. And so what, what, what is necessary right now is to have both men and women in leadership. I, I think we both bring something to it. Women can be a little too risk-averse, but on the other hand, one of, again, one of the reasons why companies with more women in their upper leadership make more money is that women are more risk-averse and maybe think before they act more than, more than men might do. So you, you, need, you need all of these characteristics that have been culturally learned, but I do suggest that a lead-like-a-woman framework and the nine leadership intentioning tools will help to develop and propel women, and, and I think that um, within that, it, I'm talking about really women of all diversities and intersectionalities, because I also state in the book, and I believe this firmly, that gender and racial equality have to go forward together. And so as most companies are trying to diversify more and make sure that they are meeting the needs of a, of a diverse society, that, um, that having men, having women, having people of color, having people of all different cultures and, and backgrounds, that is the kind of diversity that creates greater innovation, greater profits, and, and a better world. You know, it's interesting, Gloria. I've talked to uh, several people who work in uh, uh, trying to make companies more diverse, and, and we talk about how very often it's been a numbers game. Um, you know, we have a person of color on our board of directors. We have several middle management staff that are people of color. And, and that, that somehow that's making it better. Do you think diversity fares better under female leadership than it does under male leadership? And, and is that uh, one of the steps to making diversity the norm? That's a good question, and, and it, it does fare better because when women are in leadership, that's already one step toward greater diversity. So, 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 so it, but does, I was just open, thinking it a lot does open of, more doors. A lot of the conversations have revolved around the place, or around the, the situation where, say, for example, a black woman gets hired a middle management job, and then never goes anywhere from there. 
So that's why I created the nine leadership intentioning tools to help women have exactly the the skills and tools that they need to thrive in the world as it is while they're changing it. Um, I also want to help companies that are stuck and they have great words on their website, but they haven't been able to move the dial on diversity internally. So I wrote two chapters to explain why sometimes diversity is considered a divide and sometimes diversity is considered a, a positive thing and how to how can we make it a positive thing because uh, statistically from a business perspective it is and from a governance perspective diversity is a positive thing as well so i i, I have uh, two chapters on number one simply why diversity is a good thing and then the second one of them is is how companies can can start to move the dial, what, why diversity programs haven't worked, and some really specific tips on how they can work better to move the dial. But ultimately, honestly, you know, again, it's hard for people who are in power to relinquish power deliberately. Let's face it, very few people do that. And since 80% of the power positions are currently held by white males, it's, it's you know, you, we have what we have. And so, therefore... It's incumbent upon it's incumbent upon women if we want women to have a fair and equal place in the world. It's incumbent on us to know how to navigate the system as it is. You have to know the rules of the game in order to change it, and that's why I created the nine leadership intentioning tools to help women do that. Gloria, how long has it taken to get that ratio of male leadership down to eighty percent? <laughs> uh, well, actually, it, it, we're a little bit better. We are a little bit better than that. And, and I'll tell you, here's, here's why I believe we can go faster right now and, and achieve gender parity in my lifetime. And uh, that is that it took, um, it took basically since the beginning of, of uh, time to get from 0% women in upper leadership to 18%, which it was when I first wrote No Excuses and founded Take the Lead. That's about ten years ago, and um, then it, in that in those years, in the last ten years, we went from eighteen percent to twenty five percent. My theory is that you can double from twenty five to fifty more quickly than you can increment from one to twenty five. Now, that having been said, the pandemic has set women back considerably. Uh, some of the pundits have said it has set women back by. 30 years, some by 10 years, because the predominant uh, job losses have been to women and predominantly women of color. And women have been slower to re-enter the workforce than men. So that's why it's important to have a caregiving system, because one of the reasons why women have, have bailed out or been forced out of the workforce is that the, the caregiving responsibilities have typically fallen on them. And, and so once we can make a change that enables them to work more flexibly and also to have more support systems, whether they're government or, or, or whether the company is providing it or, or whatever the, the opportunity might be to do that, then I think companies don't want to lose out on the investments they've made in women in their companies. And so I think, I mean, they're right now, companies, as you know, are, are begging people to come back to work. And since women have been earning 57% of the college degrees for the last several decades, women are, are quite well prepared. So 
it's it's in, it's in everybody's best interest for women to be put to put women at the center, which is one of my hashtags. Put women at the center of the recovery from the pandemic, and then that will solve the personnel problem for companies, and it will also improve their bottom line, and it will it will improve the bottom line for families when both parties can be back to work. You know, I remember years ago, um, these kinds of conversations always ended up including something about this notion that that strong women, especially aggressive women, were somehow dismissed as um, bitchy. And I guess what I'm what I'm trying to ask is if if we have a better understanding now by women and about women with regard to um, being aggressive, taking charge, and and if um, if that isn't a, an important development. Well, there is a two-edged sword, and it still exists. And it, it goes like this for women. If you are, if you show that you are powerful, you are breaking your gender stereotype and therefore you may not be treated well. On the other hand, if you don't show you're powerful, it will be assumed that you cannot do the job. So in, 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 in my uh, calculation of that, you might as well appear to be powerful because if you're going to be judged negatively, be judged ne- negatively for what you can do, not what you can't do. And, um, and, and, and the way to normalize women's leadership is to have more women leaders. So that's another thing that, uh, another reason why I, I create these, self, these uh, leadership tools for women. And that is because it, when you do have to know that you're going to get that implicit bias, it's going to come at you, but here's the way you can navigate that. Here's how you can deal with it. <clears throat> you can build social capital. You can build relationships. You can learn how to do that across gender, across culture, um, across um, a company. You can uh, you can become comfortable being uncomfortable about not being treated necessarily well if you show your power because because that's how you accomplish things. You know you can't you can't accomplish anything without using the power that you have. You can't be a great leader without being willing to make decisions, and that is a powerful thing. You can't be a great leader without knowing your power and using it and having what I call uh, the, the basis of intentioning, which is vision, courage, and action, the VCA method of intentioning. You have to, have, you have to be willing to do those things. That takes guts. It takes courage, and courage is powerful, and it will make you look powerful. So be it. So be it. Say thank you. Is it lonely at the top, regardless of gender? Yes, yes, it is, and and that's why everybody needs their their support system. And I think that's another element of women's socialization that makes us effective as leaders is that we don't consider it a weakness to ask for help from our peers. We are much more likely to want to have a group of women and men who are supportive, our network, that uh, our support system, our, our uh, you know, our, our covey, whatever, you, gang, whatever you want to call it. Um, men have been great networkers and, and inherently, and, and one of the, their elements of socialization has been that men have learned to help each other climb up the, the uh, ladder in 
in, at work. And women have not been socialized as much in that way. In this, so we're not as likely to be as specific. And that's one of the things that I teach women to do is to use that power of being able to, uh, to understand that it's about you, but it's not just about you. And if you are able to attain a, a position of influence and power and, and, and be able to, um, to, to set a role model, it's incumbent upon you to help other women along and uh and 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 i i believe that so wholeheartedly i, I just I, nobody does anything on their own we, we all have support and we need to ask for support and we need to gather our support around us has the hashtag me too movement um had a significant influence on moving the uh power bar for women on the playing field i don't think it has moved the power bar but I think it has had a significant impact. Um, <clears throat> I think it has had a significant impact on on uh, how people treat each other in 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 the work floor, in the workforce and in the world. And that one of the things that has set women back and one of the things that has caused women so often to bail out at mid-career is that they just didn't want to put up with the kind of harassment that they had been receiving. And, you know, as, as I was growing up and being a young woman and going going through my early days, I, I have to be honest with you and say, I, I learned to just smile and duck. And young women know they don't have to put up with any of that. And I think that's great. So it, it's, definitely go, it's definitely shifting how people are treating each other and particularly how males and females are treating each other. But I, I, I don't believe that it is going to, uh, to change things in terms of leadership. I think what will change things in terms of leadership is to elevate our level of intention for leadership uh, to move from ambition to intention, to know how to do it, to have the skills, the tools, and uh, to know how to build our relationship network so that we will be able to, uh, all of us, have the opportunity and be, have the willingness and the intentioning to achieve our highest and best capabilities and contribute to the world. Well, Gloria, we're, we're just about out of time. The book is Intentioning Sex, Power, Pandemics, and How Women Will Take the Lead for Everyone's Good by New York Times bestselling author Gloria Felt. Gloria, it's uh, been a pleasure talking with you, and I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and the book, your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website? My website, my personal website, is GloriaFelt.com. I am Gloria Felt on all social media, and I am a social media fiend, so please connect with me there. Uh, just remember that it's F-E-L-D-T, so you spell my name correctly, and you'll be able to find me. Uh, we also uh, have our uh, Take the Lead website is TakeTheLeadWomen.com, where you can find out about our training, coaching, role model programs, thought leadership for individuals and for companies, and including our Creating a Culture of Inclusion uh, uh, programs. And I will close by saying that I am thrilled to be able to talk with you today because this is the day before launch day for intentioning. I'm Tomorrow so glad you got day. that in, Gloria. <laughs> I meant to, to say that earlier, and it just completely slipped my mind. But, Gloria, thank you so much, and keep up the good work. Thank you, Tom. Pleasure talking to you. Take care.
That was Gloria Felt. The book Intentioning, as she mentioned, comes out tomorrow. We'll be Hi, right back. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Start your weekend early with the Tom Sumner Program every Friday live at 11. We turn the spotlight on the world of arts and entertainment featuring artists from music, TV, and the movies. Catch everything from the rich local talent pool in and around Flint and Genesee County to up-and-coming stars of stage and screen, plus legends from New York and Hollywood. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Start your weekend right. Go to 11 Fridays on the Tom Sumner Program. Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the back. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. W.H. Weiscarver, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Weiscarver, a former National Security Advisor and counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Carver's book, Twilight of Empire, shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Carver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner program, visit whyscarver.com. 
The Tom Sumner Program.com. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Mom always liked you best. My mom always liked my brother best, and she never liked me. Mom and you you and mom. Why do you keep telling me mom always likes you best? Because she. Every time you get mad, you say mom always liked you best. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, mom always liked you best. You want to know? And you always picked on me. You and mom, you my mom and my brother get together and say we don't like you because mom liked you best and she never liked me. Wait a minute. Do you know why she liked me best? She oh. Would you like to know why she liked me best? Sure she liked me best, why not? I never knew mom liked you best. You and mom always used to pick on me. That's, now I remember. Yeah, now you remember. Mom liked you best and she never liked me. You wanna know why? Why? Because I happen to be an only child. Touchy, touchy. <laughs> Touché. Touché. This just isn't your night, Tommy. Your mom gave you a dog. My mom gave my brother a dog, and I didn't get to have a dog in more Everybody than Everybody had dogs. I didn't have a dog. You got to have a dog in more than anything in the whole world. I wanted to have a dog of my own. I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I want to I have a dog like my brother Dickie Smothers. You remember me. I'm Tommy Smothers. <laughs> And I never got to have a dog, and you wouldn't let me play with your dog or anything. I remember when I was 10 years old, I said, if I could only have a dog. My brother had a dog, and I couldn't. I didn't get to play with your dog, and you you would always tell Mom when I play with your dog, Hey, Tommy's playing with my dog. You remember Tommy, the kid you don't like so much? (laughs) But I didn't get to play with a dog, and I didn't have a dog. Hold it a minute. Before we go any further, you... You know, you had your own pet already. Crummy chicken. Well, you wanted it. It's no fun playing with a chicken. They don't bark good. You wanted it. You I said, didn't want that. You wanted to sell the eggs. It was a rooster. <laughs> and every Saturday, my brother, they would, all, the, all of his friends, they get on their, they all get out their dogs and they get their bicycles. And they, I didn't have a bicycle either! You had a bicycle! Now hold it down, hold it down. You're just getting excited. You had a wagon. That was a good wagon. One wheel? What'd you do with the other wheels? Well, it was hard for the chicken to pull that one wheel wagon. Listen. You never liked me and you went on hikes and you... and. You know why you didn't get to go on hikes? You, you never had, would accept you No, know, you even had a dolly. A what? A dolly. My brother had a doll. You shut up. You shut up about my doll. You had that dolly. I remember you and your dolly. I said, Mom, don't give me a dolly. I, I was always, I always liked my brother. Mom says, always like your brother. And I liked my brother. We used to 
hang around and do things together. Every, about once every three or four months, he'd say, come on, Tom, let's go smoke some Crayolas. <laughs> I certainly did not say that. You did, Crayolas. too. I did not. It stains your teeth. You go it? on hikes. That's right, we went on hikes, because dogs and boys go on hikes. You can't take a chicken on a hike. Frank was a good hiker. Listen, all the guys knew Frank was the best hiking chicken in the block. The reason you couldn't go on a hike, you couldn't keep up. You and that crummy wagon. But you want to know the Fast, real reason? Fast, just one-wheel wagon around! All right, Tommy, you want to know the real reason? Is that it wasn't your place to go on a hike with us. It's, we liked you, we liked the chicken, but boys and dogs, they go on hikes together, they're buddies, you know? A little boy even sleeps with his dog. You've never realized the place for a boy in this chicken. Chicken coop. You should have kept that crummy chicken in that chicken coop, Tom, and away from my dog. My uh, chicken killed his dog. <laughs> this was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. With no place to go 
can be your domestic goddess for an hour or so. In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July A super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus And if you got a better cough in your arm And if you got a better... <coughs> now back in 1918, influenza had its run But half the docs were busy overseas with World War I Today we have mass media and scientists to say If you don't want this virus, well then stay six feet away Super damn important that we practice isolation Cause we're asymptomatic while it's an incubation We'll overwhelm our hospitals if there's not mitigation It's super damn important that we practice isolation If we don't do it then we're all gonna die If we don't do it then we're all gonna die And so I hope at last you'll take this lesson here to heart Cause it's already scary and we're only at the start If you get bored just think of the immunocompromised Who can't go much of anywhere unless it's sterilised Oh super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus If we don't act quick and social distance it will mire us In a stretch of quarantine that lasts until July A super bad, transmittable Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Super bad, transmittable, contagious, awful virus. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com The Tom Sumner Program.com From the Tom Sumner show down here. 
It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.